ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious and yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to um, Hypnosis Everywhere. Hypnosis Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> My mind blank there. That's what we're doing. I'm a little bit excited this morning because uh, I'm having Dr. Bruce Lipton on with me, and I've been a fan of his right from the beginning. I had just become a hypnotist, and I listened to him on Art Bell. Those were the days in Coast to Coast. And... Um, I just went and sat up in bed and was yelling with glee because he knew, he understood what was going on with that. And I, I was really happy about that. So, Bruce, welcome here. You're one of my heroes. So, oh. let's go from that part. Now you can, can you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself? I think most of them are on Health and Wellness Channel and they know a lot about you. So, we really want to move into the into the goody stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do a very quick overview. And this is, yeah. uh, uh, I uh, was working on stem cells back in 1967. Yeah. So that was uh, 50 years ago. And what was exciting about it at that time is there were very few people in the whole world that even knew what a stem cell was. Yeah. So I happened to be working on some really hot material before anybody knew what was going on. Uh, and my work was really interesting. Because I have to say, at the same time I was doing my research, I was also involved with teaching students about uh, the nature of genetics and genetic control. Yeah. Uh, the belief at that time was called genetic determinism, that uh, genes turn on and off, and in the process, they control your life. Uh, and I said, well, what does it mean? What, what does genetic determinism mean to the public? Well, it means this. It's a belief that says your genes are self-regulating. They turn on and off. And then I go, well, wait a minute, uh, the genes control the characters. And I said, well, did I pick the genes I came with? And I go, not that I know. Well, but I, say, uh, I, don't, I don't like the traits I have. Can I change the genes? And the answer is no. Uh, and so as far as I know, I didn't pick the genes. I can't change the genes. And the genes apparently were turning on and off by themselves. Uh, and I said, what does that mean? I said, that makes me a victim of heredity. And this is what uh, yeah. people believe that the genes running in their family are ultimately going to determine the character of their lives. And they have no control over that. So all of a sudden it says, then you become a victim where genes are running you and you don't run your genes. So that was the story that I was teaching, conventional story. Now, new uh, science doesn't believe that anymore, but unfortunately the public is still left with that belief system. So everyone talks about, oh, a gene causes this and a gene causes that. Yeah. What was different about my research, and here's what it was, uh, I was growing stem cells. And what are stem cells? Well, stem cells are embryonic cells. That's the same thing. Uh, the moment after you're born, you can't call the cell an embryonic cell because yeah. you're born now. So now we call it uh, a stem cell. But it's a, it's a multi-potential cell. Let's say reason. Because the human body is made out of 50 trillion cells. The cells are the living entity. Yes. When I say Bruce... I, I'm actually, that name reflects a community of 50 trillion cells being, again, the cells of the living entity. Bruce is a community by definition. And I say, so what? And I say, well, the cells, they die at a very fantastic rate. They, they die at uh, millions of cells every minute or two are dying. So at the end of the day, you could lose 100 billion of your cells. I go, well, 
how many days in a row can you go losing 100 billion cells every day? And the answer is not too many. But we have stem cells scattered throughout our body. And the relevance about that is these are embryonic cells, and their function is to replace the cells that die every day. Mm-hmm. So I go, okay, well, this, this keeps me alive. And I want people to know out there, if they're questioning, do they have stem cells? Well, the answer is that they're listening to us. Yeah, they have stem cells because without them, you wouldn't last very long. No. So <laughs> let, let's just get into the research very quickly, and then we'll, the story yeah. becomes really good. <clears throat> I put one stem cell in a culture dish all by itself. That's called cloning. And the cell divides every 10 or 12 hours. There's one, then there's two, four, eight, 16, doubling, doubling. And after a week, I have 30,000 cells in the Petri dish. But the most important fact is they all came from one parent. So the result is 30,000 genetically identical cells are in the culture dish. Now, I take those cells and I split them into three Petri dishes. So all the dishes have genetically the same cells. But what I do is I change the composition of the culture medium. That's the environment that cells grow in. Now we step back and go, what is culture medium? It's the laboratory version of blood. So if I grow human cells, I look and say, what is human blood made out of? And then I make a laboratory version of that. Or I grow mouse cells and I look at mouse blood composition, make a laboratory version called mouse culture medium. Okay, so what's the point? By synthesizing the culture medium, I can make some variations in the, in the chemistry. So I make three different versions of culture medium. And I add each different version to a different Petri dish. So I have three dishes, genetically identical cells in all the dishes, but each dish has a different environment. I say, what was the consequence? I say, well, in one dish, the cells form muscle. In the second dish, the cells form bone. And in the third dish, the cells form fat cells. Well, there's an amazing story here as I'm watching this unfold. Let's go, wait a minute. They're all genetically the same. So the fate of the cell wasn't determined by the genes. They all had the same genes. The fate of the cell was determined by the environment, the culture medium. Uh, And I changed the culture medium. I changed the fate of the cells. It's like, wait a minute. Then the fate is not controlled by genetics. I go, no. And I go, well, why is this relevant to me as a human now? Because I was growing those cells in a plastic Petri dish. I go back. Remember I said we're made out of 50 trillion cells. Well, uh, a human body is a skin-covered Petri dish with 50 trillion cells inside. And the original culture medium, the original version, is called blood. I go, okay. So I say, so what's the relevance? I say, the chemistry of the culture medium changes the fate of the cells. And I go, okay, well, well, who or what controls the culture medium chemistry? Well, I go, the brain is the chemist. Now comes the last and most important question. So what chemicals should the brain put into the blood? And I go, ah, whatever the picture you hold in your mind, the body translates that picture into complementary chemistry. Yeah. Point. If I see love in my mind, then the brain releases some beautiful chemicals into the, into the culture medium called blood. And I say, like what? Well, dopamine for pleasure, oxytocin for bonding, vasopressin makes you more attractive to your partner, and and growth hormone. And I say, why is this relevant? I said, if I take the chemistry of love and put it into a culture dish with cells, the cells grow beautifully. Mm -hmm. Then I go, last point. But if I live in fear, (laughs) 
then the chemistry that comes from the brain is not love chemistry, it's fear chemistry. I go, oh, well, that's, uh, well, stress hormones, cortisol, norepinephrine, uh, there are factors that shut down the immune system in fear. These are called cytokines. And I go, so what's the relevance? I say, if I take the chemistry of fear and put it into the culture dish with the cells, the cells begin to get sick and die. And all of a sudden, well, love creates growth, fear causes death. <laughs> and I go, wow. I go, so why is it relevant? Because it comes down now to the consciousness is what's controlling your fate, not your genes. There is no such thing as a cancer gene. There is no gene that causes cancer. Uh, and then I go, well, why is this relevant? Because everyone talks about, oh, the gene causes cancer. Let's say in women, the BRCA gene, the breast cancer gene, they go, that's the gene that causes breast cancer. I go, well, wait a minute. 50% of the women that have the gene never get the breast cancer. I go, so what does that mean? I go, possession of the gene didn't cause the cancer. It's something else. The cancer is facilitated by an environment. So that's why a person with a healthy environment and, a, and the BRCA gene never cancer. The one that gets the cancer is the one that's not living in harmony. And all of a sudden we start to say, I've been blaming genes my whole life for the problems. I go, nope, genes are just blueprints. And the consciousness is what elicits the action of the blueprint. And finally, let me get my last point in there so we don't have to review it again. <laughs> and it goes like this. A gene is a blueprint to make a protein. A protein is a building block of the body. We have about 100,000 different proteins that make up this physical body. And the character of the proteins is reflected in the character of the individual. So you say, well, okay, I got a bad gene from somebody. I go, wait a minute. <laughs> we now know this, and this is like, this is going to blow your mind right now. A gene is a blueprint. But how you respond to the world how your consciousness responds to the world can alter the reading of that blueprint. So for every gene that you have in your body, based on how you see the world, you can create over 3,000 variations of proteins from the same gene, all based on how you see the world. I say, why is it relevant? When we look at issues of health and disease and we blame it on the genes, I go, no, no, it's how we respond to the world. It's the consciousness that overrides gene activity. Mm -hmm. And why is this relevant? Because you can come with the most wonderful, healthy set of genes. But if you perceive your environment to be stressful, you can create any disease, cancer, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's. They're not in the genes as much as they are in your consciousness. There are only about five or six genes that will actually cause a disease. There's only about five genes, five diseases uh, that you can attribute to the genes. All the rest is life. So, conclusion, genes are responsible for less than 1% of disease. I go, well, if less than 1% of disease comes from genes, where the heck is disease coming from? And the answer is consciousness. And now we step into your topic. <laughs> because now we're going to talk about consciousness. Yes, that's really one of my favorite things. And I've been pumping it at this audience for a long time. So they're going to be on the ride for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the most important part, because what's the difference between the story that people are programmed with genetic determinism 
the victim, I am the victim of bad genes versus the new story, which is called epigenetics. That's it. What's the difference? Old story, genetic control means control by genes. (laughs) This character is under genetic control. Oh, well, the genes control it. I go, what about the new science? It's called epigenetic control. Sounds almost like the same thing. I go, epi is a revolution because epi means above. So when I say the new science, epigenetic control, I am literally saying control above the genes. And now we know consciousness. And then you go, wow, and then consciousness is creating my life experience. I go, absolutely. And you know what's so cool? Because when I started to understand the nature of the biology of this, and I read into quantum physics, and let me a little sidebar about quantum physics, it is the most valid science on planet Earth. There is no science that has been tested more and proved to be accurate than there's no other science but quantum physics that accurate. I go, so? Because the primary principle of quantum physics is consciousness is creating our life experiences. Now, between quantum physics and epigenetics, they both say the same thing. It's how we think mm-hmm. that creates the world in which we live. Yeah, and it's, it's our belief system is is huge because we are, our belief system creates our thoughts. And if we can start to shift some people's belief systems, then they can yes. start taking ownership and become aware and become self-serving and empowered to not be victims. Uh, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because people go, what do you mean? Consciousness is creating my life. And I go, they've heard, almost everybody has heard of something called the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. I go, placebo effect. I say, what? Well, a doctor says you're, you're sick and a doctor says, I have this new pain. It's the greatest medical invention ever. It's even colored purple because that's more exciting. Uh, and so you take this purple pill and you get better and you say, wow, thanks God for that drug. And then you find out it was just a sugar pill. And then you say, so, well, the sugar pill didn't heal me. What healed me? And the answer is simple. It was the belief in the sugar pill that healed that's you. Right. Goes, oh, yes. The placebo fact. It's a, the right of chemistry. Positive thinking. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. And then I go, now what you've left out of the equation is the most important part, and that is this. It's the power of thinking. Mm-hmm. I go, what do you mean? I said, well, we were talking about positive thinking. And then somebody said, well, what about negative thinking? I go, oh, damn, that's what you didn't know. <laughs> negative, negative thinking is equally powerful to positive yeah. thinking and controlling your life. But rather than making health, Negative thinking called nocebo effect can cause every disease on this planet, including death. In other words, you can think yourself into any disease, cancer, uh, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease. It's your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, why is it relevant? The answer, as you well know, and uh, the audience needs to know, is that science has recognized over 70% of the thoughts that we have every day are not positive thoughts. They're, they're negative thoughts. They're redundant over again and again. I go, why is it relevant? I go, because if you're having negative thoughts, you're creating a negative reality. You're having positive thoughts, you create a positive reality. And people go, well, I've tried positive thinking and it doesn't work. And now I have to say, well, this is your topic now because when we come to thinking, 
there's a conscious mind mm-hmm. and a subconscious mind. And when people don't understand the difference and who's in charge, then the meaning of everything falls out the window. So I'm going to let you talk about well, the, the process. I've got a one minute or a little bit more here, so I'm going to do that. And I actually think now that we're getting more into the mind you know, the theory and all that kind of stuff and the experimentation I've been doing over the years and other hypnotists is that I actually now no longer talk to the subconscious. I consider it a data bank, same as you, pretty much. Pretty well, much the, the, a data bank. So I, I, what I, I have to idea. talk to... Hmm? I, I love the idea that people are talking to the subconscious mind for this reason, because as I started to get deep into my research, I found out something very interesting. Yes, we have two minds. We collectively call it the mind. But I say, no, yeah. there's, there's two different pieces here. Uh, the conscious mind, the latest evolution of the brain in humans, right behind your forehead. Yeah. It's called prefrontal cortex. That's the yeah. seat of the conscious mind. I go, well, what's relevant? I go, we, our personal identity, what makes us unique is in the conscious mind. So you're, a, you're an element of the conscious mind. So I said, what about the subconscious mind? I go, it's a record playback device. It's a cold machine, like a CD player, an old-fashioned tape player. And I go, why is it relevant? I go, there's nobody in the machine. It just records programs. And then it plays them back. And it plays them back forever until you change the program. And people go, oh, subconscious mind is evil. And I go, well, guess what? You learned how to walk before you were two. And guess what? I don't care what age you are. You're still walking. Thank God for subconscious mind. Well, the first segment is gone, believe it or not. It's like breathing. It's gone like that. So we'll see you on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, Inez Simpson here, the host of Hypnosis Everywhere on Voice America, and I'm here to give myself a plug. I want to plug three things that give me joy in my practice. First is working one-on-one with clients to work with them to get the outcome they desire. And as you know from the show, hypnosis covers a broad spectrum. And as a Voice America listener, I'm offering you a free consult. If you're curious or you feel hypnosis may help you and you want to find out more, go to InezSimpson.com and click on my client page. Second, mentoring. I love to work with hypnotists, new or who've been in the field for some time, and they want to change things up or move ahead or whatever it may be. You can find out everything at InezSimpson.com forward slash mentoring. 
third thing, the Simpson Protocol. I'm passionate about teaching hypnosis and especially Simpson Protocol, which I teach around the world. And you can find out all about that at simpsonprotocol.com. Talk soon. Listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Inez, that's I N E S, at inezsimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere, and we are going to tell you some information on how you can work with this. And I'm going to let Bruce tell you in many words, because he's got everything articulate and down to you to understand it very easily. Thank you so much for giving me the table now to talk. Uh, What we were talking about when we left, we talked about the fact that the mind is controlling the chemistry and the chemistry controls the behavior and the genetics. And then I said, we talked about the conscious mind, the creative mind. That's the one that has wishes and desires. But then we talk about the subconscious mind. I say, that's a program mind. There's a program. You put a program in and then it, it will play that program the rest of your life. And I go, wow. So, why do I need to use the program mind? Why don't I just be conscious? And the answer is, every time we are thinking, and this is, the, this is the critical moment, a thought is not present on the outside. A thought is present on the inside. So I say, Inez, tell, tell me what you're doing uh, on Friday at 2 o'clock. And if you're really going to answer the question, you're going to go in your head and go, Friday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> and I'm, I say, Where, where's your attention? I say, when a thought is going on, the conscious mind goes into the thought. I say, yeah, but what if I'm driving down the street and I have a thought and all of a sudden my conscious mind, which was helping me drive the car, is now going inside my head. It's like, am, am I going to create an accident here because I'm not paying attention? I go, this is the cool part. Whatever we're not paying attention to, the subconscious program, which is a million times more powerful a program than the conscious mind anyway, mm-hmm. uh, when I stop paying attention, the subconscious mind becomes autopilot. It takes over. So I go, okay, so what does it all mean? Now, bottom line is simply this. Science has recognized we are thinking 95% of the day. I go, wow. Well, if I'm thinking 95% of the day, then 95% of the day, my conscious mind is not observing the world. It's inside. I go, yeah, but if I'm walking down the street, driving a car, doing a job, then if my conscious mind's not paying attention, then who's doing it? And the answer is subconscious. It knows all the programs. And I go, wow. I say, well, why is it relevant? So it says in your life, 95% is coming from the program. 5% is coming from the creative wishes and desires, all that positive thing that you look for. I go, well, what about the program? I go, if it's a good program, fine. If it's a bad program, you'll be sabotaging yourself because you won't see it. Mm-hmm. I go, let, let me give a quick story. 30 years, you probably heard it a long time ago when you first saw me. Uh, it's the same story, and it goes like this. You have a friend. You know your friend's behavior very, very well, and you know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as their parent, so, you know, you got to tell your friend. You go, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad, and back away from Bill. <laughs> Bill. Oh, 
what do you mean I'm like my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. Bill gets all upset and everything, and, and everyone in the audience laughs because they've had that experience. I go, why is this the most profound story? And the answer is this. Everyone else can see that Bill behaves like his dad. The only one who doesn't see it is Bill. And you go, how does that make sense? I go, when Bill is thinking, his behavior defaults to the subconscious and plays the program that he got during his development from his dad. So he's playing his dad's behavior. He said, but why can't he see it? And I said, why is he playing his dad's behavior? And the answer is, because when he's thinking, he lets go of the control and the attention is directed inside and not observing what's outside. So when Bill is thinking, he uh, defaults to his father's behavior, but Bill can't see it because Bill's inside thinking. And that's how <laughs> companies get so upset. How can you compare to my dad? Because he himself can't see it. Now, the most profound part about that, that's profound in itself, is that we are all Bill. Every yes. one of us, so every day, <laughs> 95% of the day is playing programs from the subconscious mind. Uh, and these programs were downloaded before age seven. Yeah. So a child's brain before age seven is not operating at the vibrational frequency of consciousness. When you put wires on a person's head and you read EEG, electrical encephalograph, mm-hmm. uh, the vibration of a child's brain is not at the level of consciousness until after age seven as a predominant behavior. Yeah. Before age seven, the brain is at a lower vibration called theta. That's hypnosis. And you know, it plays out every day, that stuff. I mean, I know I'm born in Belgium. I go back there and I feel like I'm at, totally at home. Because you already have the program. It's already in there. So you just have to elicit it. Uh, And so the problem comes to this. It says, well, then the behavior that we express, this is the bottom line, 95% of the day is behavior that we program primarily before age seven, but the program came from other people. So when we're playing their programs, we're not playing our wishes and desires. We're playing their programs. And I go, well... Most of those programs are negative and disempowering and self-sabotaging. I go, yes, and we play them, and yet we can't see them. We only see the result. My life isn't working out the way I want. It isn't working. I'm thinking positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. I have great ideas for the future. And I go, great. Guess what? While you're thinking your positive thought, you're playing your subconscious program. And if mm-hmm. that's negative, you can have all wonderful thoughts you want. But your life is still an expression of the program. And, of course, you're the expert on hypnosis. I just need to stand in here and tell you, yep, you're right. It's the hypnosis part that created the program. Uh, uh, let Let me just emphasize this because people need to know this. The programming started even before you were born, last trimester of pregnancy through age seven is primary. Okay, uh, uh, and the relevance about that is, well, what program did I get? Because my conscious mind wasn't even working. So if I said, what, what program did you get when you were zero? What program did you get when you were one? Two. Maybe about three, you might start to pick up some idea. But I say, guess what? Your basic program happened. You have no idea what the heck the program is. You weren't conscious. So I say, do I have to, to go to a psychologist and find out what my program is? I go, no, here's the cool part. 95% of your life comes from the program. Your life is a printout of your subconscious programs. The things you like that come into your life, 
they come in because you have a program to let them in. But more importantly, and this is the one that we really want to emphasize, the things that you wish for, desire, uh, aspire to, the things that you want, conscious creation of I want love and joy and health and happiness and a good job. I go, well, that's conscious mind. I go, what's the problem? I say, well, it operates about 5% of the day, so it's tough to get there at some point. So I say, so what, what is my program? And I go, point, your life is a printout. So the positive things that come into your life, they come in because you already have a program to allow those things in. But then here comes the caveat. Whatever you have to work hard for, whatever you stress over, whatever you put a lot of effort into, you're sweating. I'm working hard to make this happen. I go, why are you working so hard? And the answer inevitably is because the program in your subconscious mind doesn't support that conclusion. So all of a sudden I say, well, you want an assessment of your subconscious mind? Your life is a printout. The things you struggle for, you only are struggling, not because the universe won't give it to you. You're struggling because during the 95% of the time that you're thinking, your subconscious mind's programs are undermining your wishes. You mean like the program, life is hard and then you die? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, that may have been the way I started, but I'm surely not ending on that note because... uh, no. Once I understood this, the way you understand it, uh, and the way that you can do what, I said, well, you can change the program. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And if you can change the program, then why not create the program you want? Why not have heaven on earth as a destination? Well, that's a vision. I say, yeah, but my subconscious right now is not taking me there. I go, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? I say, well, you can stay mindful, meaning you keep in your conscious mind and don't think. If you stop thinking, your conscious mind's still driving the vehicle toward wishes and desires. But the moment you're thinking, you go back into the program, and then your life is coming from what you downloaded from other people. And I say, well, this is really cool. I go, well, yeah, you know what? When people fall in love and they experience that honeymoon where their life could suck every day, blah, 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 blah. And then they meet this one person, and then 24 hours later... Oh, my God, I'm so in love, and the world is so beautiful, and the food is great, and the music's great, and even the job that sucks is not so bad. And I go, and 24 hours after meeting a person, your life went from blah to heaven on earth? I go, and the reason why, because science has recognized, we stop thinking. Thinking. (laughs) Present. And as we're present, that means our life is coming from our conscious mind, which is what? Wishes and desires. I go, so the honeymoon exists because you stop playing the program. That's I right, but we can keep honeymoon that honeymoon going. going. You can keep the, I said we can keep the honeymoon going. Yes, you can. And that's the <laughs> best, most wonderful thing in the whole world because you have to say then, how come it disappeared? And I go, because you went back to the program. And then we. this is where your effort comes in and we go, yeah, but if you change the program, you can then have heaven on earth every day. That's a way of life. It was given to you when you stopped playing the program. It means it's always there. It's only your program that, that is taking you in the wrong direction. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, comes, your power is in your ability to reprogram your So it, it totally empowers us. We become aware and we can change the programming, which takes us out of that victim place. 
that's that's the beautiful part. Uh, uh, and uh, and I have to tell you, for a guy like myself who never believed in this love story because my bad programming for about 40 years kept that away because my program actually prevented me from experiencing that wonderful life because that's what I copied from my parents. Their life wasn't that great. And my <laughs> life wasn't that great. And And once I understood the nature of all this, and started to get into the nature of reprogramming. Yeah. Well, then I've uh, I've got a different. I have a completely different life on this planet. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and for me, it's like, oh, it's a honeymoon every day, every day. No, no, it's just heaven on earth. And, and what was it? I didn't take any chemicals. Uh, I didn't do any special exercises. I rewrote the limiting beliefs. And the moment I rewrote them, I was free. And that's what the whole secret is that we really want to relay to people. And your expertise in hypnosis is critical because that's part of the fundamental way of learning. Yep. It's it's essential that people become aware. And when they become aware, they will become empowered and they will be stronger. Everything will be easier. And not that life still happens. Life still happens. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean just because I uh, I live a heaven on earth that everything works for me a hundred percent. But I can no. tell you this: when it doesn't work, yes, like in the old days when it doesn't work, it was like, ah, you know, it drove me crazy. <laughs> now when it doesn't work, it's like that's okay. It probably was not meant to be, because sometimes the way I think it should be turns out when the old life when I I work real hard because I knew what I wanted and I worked and I got it, and then some points like is that. Not exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and so what was the result? The result was the universe, you put the intention in. You don't have to say how to get there. The universe will facilitate it. Yes. You the least made- interference on your part. Well, that's it. Consciously, so, uh, I mean, I mean with the mind. Not yeah. the mind. I'm now I'm confusing the audience, what I mean with the conscious. Yeah. So uh, where are we? We're at the say of... Uh, how do you reprogram? That would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, how do you reprogram? We've got three minutes till break. Why can't we can start on that? Okay. Well, first thing is this. The only way you can reprogram the subconscious mind is the way that the subconscious mind learns. Ah, the conscious mind being creative can learn in any way. You know, watch this uh, podcast, uh, read a book, go to a, a video, see a video, uh, even go, aha, and you can change this mind. It's very creative. But subconscious mind is not creative. It's a record playback mechanism. So the idea is, oh, well, then it learns in a different way. And I go, absolutely. And, and here's where the problem is. Just because I educate my conscious mind, I know all the rules of how to make heaven on earth, and it's in my conscious mind. I go, so great. 5% of your life will manifest that. <laughs> but it, it, the conscious mind doesn't translate into the subconscious. There's nobody in the subconscious mind. It's a machine. So it's sort of like you, you have a CD and you put it in the player and there's a program and it's playing and you don't like the program. So I say, talk to the CD player for a while and see if it will change the program. I go, you can talk to your blue in the face. That's not going to change the program. That's not how it works. I go, exactly with the subconscious mind. I say, you find a belief that's not supporting you. How, how do you know what your belief is? I say, your life is a printout. <laughs> if you're struggling to find a relationship, then you have beliefs over relationships that are not working. If you're looking for a job and it's not working, you have beliefs about a job and yourself that are not working. So all of a sudden I say, well, 
now I know what I want to change. How do I change it? And I go, well, number one, there's nobody in there. So you can talk to your, your blue in the face to yourself and say, change this behavior. And I go, it's not necessarily going to do anything. <laughs> That's not the way it learns. So uh, in the last minute here, <laughs> before uh, we end this moment here, uh, let's talk about how does it learn? I say, well, let's go back. The first seven years of a child's life, it learns because the brain is at a vibrational frequency called theta, which is imagination. That's how kids can have a tea party and pour nothing in the cup and drink it and go, wow, that was great tea, or ride a broom and it's a horse. That's imagination. That's theta. But theta is hypnosis. And so what's the point? For seven years, you observe parents, your family, and your community. And just by observing them, you're downloading, just like a video recorder. You're recording. I go, why? And the answer is this. You have to be a, learn the rules to be a member of a family and a member of a community. How many rules? Thousands. I said, well, how's an infant? And I go, not by a book. But if you put the ma- mind into hypnosis, then the child just downloads by observing the behavior of others, and it becomes theirs. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'll go to the break, and then we'll see you on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum Scalar Wave Lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar Wave Lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, Inez Simpson here, the host of Hypnosis Everywhere on Voice America, and I'm here to give myself a plug. I want to plug three things that give me joy in my practice. First is working one-on-one with clients to work with them to get the outcome they desire. And as you know from the show, hypnosis covers a broad spectrum. And as a Voice America listener, I'm offering you a free consult. If you're curious or you feel hypnosis may help you and you want to find out more, go to InezSimpson.com and click on my client page. Second, mentoring. I love to work with hypnotists, new or who've been in the field for some time, and they want to change things up or move ahead or whatever it may be. You can find out everything at inezsimpson.com forward slash mentoring. Third thing, the Simpson Protocol. I'm passionate about teaching hypnosis and especially Simpson Protocol, which I teach around the world. And you can find out all about that at simpsonprotocol.com. Talk soon. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, the Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Inez. That's I-N-E-S at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Well, welcome back to Hypnosis Everywhere and Dr. Bruce Lipton. And we're just going to keep hitting the train and going. So here you go, Bruce. Handing uh-huh. it right back. Okay. Well, here we go. Uh, we can continue right where we were flowing. The idea was this, is uh, if my life is coming from my subconscious and, uh, and I'm not really appreciating the characters of it, rather than blaming the world, we have to really look inside and own responsibility that we are creating this. And again, that's not just biology, that's quantum physics as well. Uh, and we talked about changing. And I said, well, the first seven years, uh, you, you learn through hypnosis because your brain was operating at theta, which is hypnosis. Uh, and you say, well, how do I need, you know, how do I change that? Well, here's a very interesting part. And that is this. Uh, the vibrations of the brain are reflected in different characters. And the work vibration, the high consciousness of work is called beta high vibration. When you come home from work, the vibrations slow down. You get into what is called calm consciousness, which is alpha. So you work at work and you're go and then you come home and then you relax and then you're calming down into alpha. But the moment you nod off into sleep, the moment the conscious mind disconnects because now it's going to sleep, boom, I say, well, then what? I say, ah, the brain is still vibrating, but now it's not vibrating at alpha consciousness. It's vibrating in a lower vibration called theta. I said, well, that's hypnosis. I go, yes. I said, so here's the cool part. When you're going to bed, if you put earphones on as you're going to bed and you have a program playing on your CD or your computer or whatever going through there, when the consciousness disconnects alpha, you're asleep. But subconscious is still recording. So if you are playing a program of what you want out of your life, the positive things, you know, uh, love, health, happiness, joy, these are programs, uh, and you have the earphones on, then guess what? While you're sleeping, the subconscious is still working, and it's going to download these programs. So you just, every night, you put the earphones on, listen to the program, and while you're sleeping, you don't hear it. Consciousness is gone. But subconsciousness is recording. So uh, it's called self-hypnosis. And it yeah. works beautifully. It's just you got to repeat it. Yep. Repeat it. Uh, Use my free night. self-hypnosis site, people. That's exactly. Listen to that lady. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, and then I say, well, okay, after age seven, we're not in theta, but we can still learn programs. You learn how to ride a bicycle. You learn how to drive a car. You learn how to do a job. I go, how did we do it then? I go, after age seven, repetition called habituation is what provides for programming. You want to play a music instrument? You have to practice every day. And there's a point where it's so hard in the beginning if you're playing, I'm playing something, you know, like a, <laughs> a musical thing. I say, how do you get your fingers to work? And I say, practice every day because when it becomes subconscious, then you don't have to think about moving your fingers. It is now a program. So after age seven, you can make new programs, but it's through a process of habituation. And I want to separate sticky notes from habituation because a lot of people go, I put the sticky notes all over my mirror and everywhere. (laughs) I go, that's not habituation. A a sticky note at that moment is a suggestion. If I look at the note, that's a good suggestion. I go, that's, that's not a repetition, a habituation, a practice. You have to engage a repetition, repeat it over and over and over again. And, and it's interesting because uh, I love the New Age uh, phrase that covers this. And uh, The New Age phrase is, fake it 
till you make, you make it. it. In other words, let's say you're an unhappy person and you want to be happy and every day is just unhappy and unhappy. I say, so what are you doing? I say, then every day, as many times during the day as possible, you say to yourself, I am happy. I am happy. I am happy. I go, you're clearly you're not happy. But I say, no, just keep repeating it because that's a practice. It's habituation. As many times as I can say it during the day, there's a point where the subconscious mind is going to finally download. I am happy. And the little sidebar, sidebar, what's the function of the mind? And the answer is to create coherence between your belief and your reality. So if I have a belief that I put in, I am happy, even if my reality doesn't look like that, what's the function of the mind? Is to create behavior that will manifest I am happy. So basically I said, well, you keep saying I am happy and you're not. I say, don't worry about it. Just keep saying I'm happy. After a period of repetition, habituation, once the mind's got the program, guess what? You wake up one day and you don't have to say I'm happy because now that it's an automatic program all day long, the function of the program is I am happy. So no matter how things are going, guess what? Now you don't have to think about it. That's the good part about this hypnosis yeah. stuff and programming. Well, and there's one more thing. If you do get into really going to hypnosis with intent, you know, when people do intention, you can actually, what the programming is there allow it to stand aside so you can get the new programming much in faster and easier. So that's what I do. I mean, when I'm yeah. working with people, I, I go in and I don't delete the program, but we shift it and, and let it stand aside. And then they yeah. can do that very easily, right? Yeah. Well, it's actually you're not deleting the program. You're overwriting the program, meaning yeah. a, a program is a stimulus response. Yeah. And, and they say, well, okay, I'm not going to pay attention. I say, I don't care if you pay attention or not. If the stimulus shows up, you're automatically going to make the response. Yeah. So the idea about it is this. You have to use the same stimulus, but redirect a different response. That's right. So the stimulus is always going to be there. It's the response that you can change. So you're writing over a negative one with a positive, yes. positive thing that you want to put in. And, and once those programs are in, as we just talked about, oh, then life is easy. Why? The only work you had to do was put the program in because once the program is in, 95% of your life is automatically coming from the program. You don't even have yeah. to think about it. That's the cool part. It's only work up front. And once the program's in, it's automatic for the rest of your life. Uh, and so what do we have? We have two ways now, the natural ways. First seven years, uh, brain is in theta. If we get into hypnosis or find ourselves in theta, we can take information directly into the subconscious, bypassing conscious, right yes. in subconscious. After age seven, I can create new programs, but habituation, repetition, practice is rep it's a repetitive process that you put it in and over and over again. Yeah, it's what we call in hypnosis compounding. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. And then uh, fortunately, um, with the, there's an old phrase called uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, I said, what does that mean? I say, well, guess what, folks? We're facing what is called the sixth mass extinction of life, which includes us. And I go, yeah. oh, is that like a thousand years from now? And I go, no, it's <laughs> pretty much in a lot of your lifetime. Why? Because we've uh, human behavior has upset the balance of nature. Uh, uh, and like since 1970, 
two-thirds of the animal population that was on planet Earth in 1970, two-thirds has disappeared. <laughs> we only have one-third of the animals left, and they're dying off faster. Uh, by 2048, there won't be any fish in the ocean. What? That's like science fiction. Earth? No fish? It's like, hey, 20 years, that's what's going to happen. So science has revealed a very important point. It says you want to save this world? It's human behavior that's causing a problem. Therefore, the only way out is to change human behavior, which is what? Change the program. So all of a sudden, now we're really being pushed to change the program, not just for personal lives, but for the life of all people on this planet. And I say, being a uh, you know, uh, necessity, being the mother of that uh, invention, there's now a new realm of changing beliefs called energy psychology, which is a super learning process. And you go, super learning? I go, maybe you've seen somebody read a book by taking the book and just moving their finger down the page. As fast as they just move the finger down the page, they can read the entire text on a whole page just like that. Then they can stand in a bookstore and just turn the page, turn the page, turn the page, and read an entire book in five minutes by just turning the pages. That's super learning. In these energy psychology modalities, which are about 20, 30 or more, they all engage some character of super learning. And I say, so what's relevant? I say, because instead of taking days or weeks of repetition, you can create a new program in minutes or an hour or whatever, very short. Uh, and it's like, yeah, because we have to. Because our, our behavior that we're expressing on the planet is self-destructive. And the only way to change it is not to change the planet. It's to change us. And this is where your job in us is coming in here uh, is to relay the story of hypnosis because that is the process by which we can change our behaviors and save not ourselves only, but save an entire population of humans on this planet because we're the cause of the problem. And the only way the problem changes is if we change our behavior. Uh, and while my personal consciousness creates my own particular character of life, recognize we bought into social characters, a community character, and large people are having the same belief system, and guess what? That's where life comes from. This is what physics talks about. As an individual, I can go out in the street right now and say, I want peace on this planet. And it's like, yeah, right, nobody cares. You know why? I'm only a single source of a vibration of peace. But the more and more people that are vibrating the same belief system, it's a numbers game. And the more yes. numbers, the more power that belief has, yeah. the more it manifests. So individually, I'm not going to create peace on this planet. But if we get enough of us out in the street at the same time with the same belief, uh, a, a thought is like a tuning fork in your head. Uh, a lot of people say, yeah, I could read your brain. I put wires on your head and I could read your brain activities called EEG, electroencephalograph. I go, yeah, and guess what? There's a new process to read brain function. It's called magnetoencephalograph, M-E-G, not E-E-G. I go, so the probe to read your brain is out here. It's not even touching your head. I go, you mean I can read your brain activity with a probe outside? I go, yeah. And I say, do you know what that means? Your thoughts are not contained in your head. Your <laughs> thoughts are broadcast to the field. Why? 
because your thoughts are adjusting the field. <laughs> and so you're creating your personal life by putting thoughts out into the field. But then we say we also create a collective life. And a collective life is how many people are sharing the same thought at the same time, how many tuning forks are all in resonance with each other, because the more tuning forks, the more you amplify the vibration, and the more people that share the same thought, the more that vibration manifests a physical reality. We want to change the planet. It's not on the individual basis, although each individual must participate, but it's a collective behavior. Yes. So I, I think a big thing is that people start with the, the idea themselves because then before that, they're sort of too hung up in everything that's negative and horrible. And as you become more doing that, you can you start to affect the whole, but it's, we need to start here, right? And then move it forward and move it forward. People like you yeah. and us, they, we have to keep talking to them about this. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, you keep going because your subject and your story is exactly what the public needs to know because we have belief that we're so disempowered that we're, who am I? You know, like, what do you mean yeah. who are you? You're creator. Uh, and I'm saying this from biology and I'm saying this from physics. So, yeah. The idea is if you're not happy with the creation, there's always been a tendency to blame blame the world, blame outside. That's where the problem comes from. I yes. go, darn it, that's the problem. It all started on the inside. We want to change the world. First, you have to change the consciousness, of actually the subconscious, because consciously we all pretty much want the same darn thing. I think in general we do, but because of our programming, a lot of it hasn't been allowed to show up. Right. And that's really what we're doing here. We're changing people every day, including ourselves, because I live in a different world. You live in a different world. Our world is different by most people because we only see the, the better things as we see them. So we actually have to consciously think about the other whole. We still have to think of that because I have a pretty good life. So I have to think about this. Yes, but where do we go from here? Where do we need yeah. to go? We got uh, two minutes left, Bruce. <laughs> but the beautiful part about it is this. Uh, uh, you know, as you've been talking to people over all these years, and the idea is this. Stop giving power to the outside and start giving power to yourself because we have been so programmed to say, oh, who am I? Oh, I'm nobody. It's not me. I, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you're a creator. Oh, you are creating. You know what? There's only the, the little bit left, and I really wanted to talk about the label. The not, you know, you said, what is more dangerous? You have. You said this before. The label or the disease? And, you know, when people come to me with disease, yeah. we have to change that label. We need to yeah. fix the label because the label has disempowered them to the point and, and we can't even, we only got one minute to even say something about it. Okay, very quickly is this, because during the subconscious programming period in age seven, we were also programmed with the belief that there are professional people who know stuff and we are not professional. And once we have an identity of who that professional person is, their word becomes our truth. So if you buy a truth from who you see as a professional, it becomes your truth. And you will manifest it. And this is why a prognosis is so scary because you don't know what the future is. And now the professional is telling you this is how it's going to unfold. You put that in your head. You bought it because they're the professional. Now it's your consciousness. And guess what? You manifest the prognosis because someone else gave you that belief system. And this well, is 
I have to say we have to end the show on that note. And I'll have to keep going on that on another program because it's the most important thing. Well, there's so many important things. But I I saved the most important one for the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) So I really thank you for being here. It's been a great time. So we're just going to have to say goodbye to the audience, though. (laughs) All right. So. Thank the audience so very much because when they understand this, their creative character can change our world collectively. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week. 